Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, a man who knows all the chords to Purple Rain on the air guitar, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, a guy who came in second with his Prince costume at the Halloween office party, AC. I'm going all in with this thing. I just redid the carpet in my house. It's all purple. Looking good. Next, a man that parties every party like it's 1999, Mr. Sean Lewis. White man dancing. Get the fever. <laughs> and finally, the panelist formerly known as Chappie, Dustin Chapman. If my name's changed, do I? Is my suspension still valid? Can I talk? Is that, or am I? <laughs> Ooh, with the throwback. Am I, am I allowed to even be on this episode, or am I, I going to get I, muted? <laughs> I love the callback. On today's show, we're going to be interviewing with uh, the Sac State beat writer Joe Davidson about Sacramento State's recent decision to opt out of the spring season and what it means for the Wildcats uh, and Big Sky football in general. Uh, next, we're going to be breaking down that interview uh, and talking about what what we think. And finally, we're going to be bringing back Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Picked it up from him this weekend, so we're going to peer into the future. And we're going to be talking all about uh, women's athletics up on campus. So we look forward to that segment of, of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. But first, if you haven't already, please subscribe on whether you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. It's a great place to find us on any of those places. And be sure to rate the podcast. It helps us climb in the rankings and find our way into the feeds of other Wildcat fans. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And, of course, uh, tell your friends. Uh, we'd love to continue to grow the podcast and let more folks know that we're out here. We're talking about Weber State sports, uh, and it's a great place to interact with some fellow Wildcat fans. Now we're excited to welcome Joe Davidson, who is the beat writer for Sacramento State at the Sacramento Bee. Uh, Joe, welcome to Weber State Weekly. Really appreciate you coming on this week to talk to us about Sac State's uh, decision to opt out of Big Sky football in the spring. Uh, Colby, good to join you guys. Uh, no, that's a big stunner. Um, and I think the first thing we got to acknowledge here is it's, it's not because Sac State is afraid to compete. It's not a COVID issue. Uh, it's, you know, they don't have uh, COVID numbers roaring through the program or in the campus. Uh, they've done a great job with that. It's, it, it all boils down to the head coach, a familiar name down in your part of the woods, um, Troy Taylor, the one-time Utah Utes offensive coordinator, the fabulous coach, great reputation. He's Sacramento home and grown. He's the one who made the call on this, and he talked to his athletic director, Mark Orr, and Sac State President uh, Robert S. Nelson said, hey, we, we, we don't have enough time for turnaround. And I think that's the one thing that we've all overlooked. Well, I don't know if we've overlooked it, but we just, hey, let's just grab a season in the spring and buy time. And then I think the more Sac State looked into it, and I think other teams are going to do the same thing. That's a tough turnaround if you have a, a long championship run um, season like Sac State anticipated. Um, and so that's why I think other teams will do it as well. And, and so at first I was surprised, but, you know, knowing Troy Taylor over the years or Mark Orr, the athletic director, so I could understand why they did it. I could understand why players would be disappointed, but they also did a poll with its players. Um, and the players, there were more players that said, we have concerns with a short turnaround than those who said, let's, let's march forward. Mm -hmm. And it's something we've talked about here on Weaver State Weekly is the fact that this is sort of gumming up the works of recruiting. Right. Because we have this dead period until January one and then there's supposed to be a season. And then it's, it's just it, it just bungles up the whole you know system that we have set up for college football. And so uh, I think I understand kind of where 
the folks at Sac State are coming from when they decided, you know, we're not going to play in the spring. We're going to forego the season and try and keep on our normal schedule because presumably in 2021, college football will go back to normal. We'll go back to playing in the fall and everything will be the same. Uh, but just just this playing and figuring out recruiting has been just really a, a challenge that a lot of folks around college football have said, it's not a, I'm glad I don't have to solve that problem. There's going to be, have to be some wiggle room. Uh, and I, Sac State's looked into this, that you could, they could still sign a recruiting class. It's not like they're going to completely lose a whole year because there, there's going to be a lot of situations like this. And we look at all the football that's being played now in college football on the East coast and, and the PAC 12 soon, um, they're just hopeful that a team or a program doesn't have a, a, a virus spike. Look how frantic that must have been in Alabama where Coach Nick Saban tests positive and then three negative tests and, okay, he's back. But, you know, that causes a ripple. It's such a big part of a community and a campus. So it'll be interesting. And the recruits, um, they're excited to be there. Local guys are still getting recruited. Um, it, it'll be interesting not to hammer this point hard. Um to see how many other programs do this. Now, Sac State's the only one that does this and nobody else does this in the big sky. That'll be all the more interesting. But I think there's a handful of, I think eight or 10 FCS programs have have opted out out of the 127 that, that play. So we may see more. Mm. I, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, you know, Commissioner Tom Wistroselli, uh, tweeted out last week, you know, they were, they were, they were working on 12, 12 teams and all that. And, and they specifically mentioned 12. I mean, I, do you think anybody else in the big sky opts out? I do. I, I really do. I couldn't tell you who or why, uh, but I could th- see where somebody comparable to Sac State, if not better than Sac State, Sac State was a, um, uh, did not, win, you know, shared the championship this past season. Um, and Weber State's another one, you know, does a, does an Eastern Washington Weber State, one of those powerhouse programs that's had some good success, do the same thing as Sac State. Um, or does a team that's on, you know, doesn't have the funding to pull this off uh, with, you know, it's about $350,000 per season to do um, these rapid tests. That's what the Pac-12 and, and the Mountain West are doing. So if Sac State is going to pay that in the spring until further notice, you're going to have to come up with that same amount of money in the fall, too. We were told it's not financial, probably not, but finances, I think, always play a factor or potential factor. So I, you, I thought, I thought it could be that Sac state might just play two in-state opponents only um, in Cal Paul and UC Davis. And they play each other twice. And that would have been six games yeah. if it really got dire, but um, you know, it's not dire here in Sacramento, but Sac state is not on campus. You know, it's doing distance yeah. learning. Uh, how about, how about down your way? Weaver state. Well, just like across the country, Utah is seeing a spike in cases right now and, and different things. And, and the, the pandemic is definitely something to consider when all these decisions are being made. Um, you mentioned something in, in your previous answer that, that really kind of stuck with me. And um, I think, you know, in the big sky, we have financially uh, programs that are more fan- financially better off than others, right? The, the Montanas of the world definitely have more money than the Eastern Washingtons of the world um, and, and and other schools that we could name. Um, so I, I get the financial considerations for some of those uh, lesser funded schools. But my bigger question is Sacramento State has had an initial run of success. And what we've seen at Weber State uh, with our program uh, since Jay Hill has come on, 
Um, it's taken us a couple of years to progress. You know, that first time we won a conference championship three years ago, you know, you make, you get that, get that automatic bid into the playoffs, you know, you, you lose in the first round and the next year, you, you know, you, you lose, you get a home game, but you're, you're, you're losing in the quarterfinals and, and it's taken us some time to get through the playoffs. And now Weber state has looked on I'm, by many fans. And I think some many national people that we are one of the, the four or five schools, FCS schools in the country that are true national title contenders this year with the James Madison's, the North Dakota States of the world. Sacramento won a conference last year, but the question is they're not quite to that level and does not being quite to that level of, of success where maybe you're not quite a national championship contender. Does that play into this decision? You know, and I think that's a great question, but I think you could look at that argument uh, on both sides and I can see why a Weber state or a Montana says we're going to play this spring. Cause we, we have a championship caliber team now in place, uh, a big sky conference championship contender and a team that could get to this uh, national championship. Sac state also believes that. And I think that's why Sac state opted out and just thought, pick one of the two. Do we, do we go for a national championship this spring and maybe be really depleted and, 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 and slow to the punch, uh, tired, fatigue, because that's a short turnaround time. They're talking, it could be 25, 26 games over in less than a year. If, if you're playing um, a spring sure. and then a uh, fall football season. So that's the, that's the, the, that's the interesting thing. I could see where, you know, lower teams or teams that are, are still trying, you know, the, the two win, three win teams saying, um, Let's play because let's give it a chance to do evaluation. You make it spring football instead of spring drills. You make it an actual schedule. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talking, and the athletic directors in the conference are all talking about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, how many times have we seen this where teams started to pull out or conferences right when the pandemic hit? Others followed suit, and then when you know teams were saying, "Hey, we're going to stick with a fall football schedule." Then others started to pick up on that, including it sprinkled all the way down to the Mountain West and all the way down to the Pac-12. Could it happen where some see what Sac State is doing and say, you know, that's that's enough of a of a bold statement that we're gonna, you know, we, we agree. I'll bet all the conference coaches are talking about this, and they're probably like, whoa, what's going on? And maybe they're gonna think uh, for a little bit and go, okay, maybe, you know, that's interesting um, because it looks like the Big Sky is and FCS football is locked into the spring schedule with a national championship tournament, which would end when sometime in May, the last game. Yeah. Yeah. End of May. End of, end of May. So you almost, so you figured June, July, you, you, you just have a matter of weeks before summer camp starts. I'm interested to know a little bit more about the Sacramento community. Last year, we saw a big jump in success for Sacramento state where they, they, shared the conference title with Weber State. And so I want to know if there was a big change in how the community embraced the program last year. And if there was a change, how is this decision to not play football going to impact it? Sac State started playing football in 1954 and used to be Division II forever. And, you know, got 5,000, 7,000 at games. Uh, games against UC Davis would get 20,000 if the stadiums fit that much, but it's not going, it, it hasn't averaged that many fans and then joined the, the big sky. I think I, I said 91 earlier, I think it was closer to 96. Sacramento's got tremendous following for the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, much like the Utah jazz and, you know, college football is a hard sell here unless you're winning. And UC Davis has a, a 
stadium of about 10,000, 11,000, and it fills it up because it's an entertaining, successful product. Co-champs two years ago. And Sac State last season had good crowds, but there's been years where Sac State had pretty lean seasons, three wins, four wins, and, and you know, there wasn't big crowds. And But as for this decision, people were so excited in Sacramento when Troy Taylor got hired. So, okay, there, there's a name recognition guy. He's keeping recruits home. He's um, He's gotten some bounce back guys from Boise State or Nevada. Um, people are going to play for him. Um, they're exciting players, the local prospects. Uh, the decision here, I haven't heard a word from anybody. Well, that's not true. I've probably got about 10 emails, some things on on um, social media questions, but nobody outraged. Nobody livid, as we can imagine. Could you imagine if they did this in Alabama? Uh, but people, you know, on, on social media, some people, oh, that's, the opponents have piled on them, UC Davis fans or others who or, who graduate from Big Sky um, programs, you know, thought, oh, Sac State's, you know, they're quitting. Well, and one, one thing that's interesting about the Big Sky – that places like the SEC don't necessarily have, I guess, is that being the conference that's basically the entire Western U.S., there is there's so many varying political views. But more than that, just react. You know, in our current situation with COVID, you know, we, we had John Casper from the conference office on a couple months ago, and 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 it was shocking for us to hear. You know, we're dealing with it here in Utah, but you know, he the point he made is he's like. The guys in Portland, like Portland's still on lockdown. They, they can't even, they can't even go to their locker room <laughs> in Colorado. They're, 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 they, they can't even hold a practice and they have a brand new coach, they, literally a new coaching staff. And they can't, they haven't held, they hadn't held one practice yet. And so that's, it, it's the interesting thing, you know, among all the big sky schools is that we are, we are very spread out and there's a lot of diversity among, among memberships. So I, I'm with you. You may see some different things happening. Just every state's handled it differently. Sac State, um, you don't hear any uh, any political outrage. Um, campus newspaper is pretty fair on, on how, how those things are covered. Uh, one thing that Sac State is doing is 100% of all the student athletes at Sacramento State are registered to vote. That was a campaign that they did on campuses that let's be um, role models for our community. Let's get everybody to vote. And a lot of those students had never registered. And so they didn't know how to register. And so they had people help them. Hey, this is how you register. No influence on who you should vote for. Here's how you break down a ballot. Um, and I thought, well, that's outstanding. That's uh, 100%. So all the, every student athlete on campus. And so November 3rd is the election. And Sac State's going to have um, voting booths and tolls on campus. And no school that day. And no football workouts. No any kind of conditioning. So everybody can be there. The one thing that the student athletes are talking about is... Um, something they can control in this pandemic is, is voting. You know, do they like the current uh, government leadership? Do they, or their own state government, or they um, want to go and vote somewhere, somewhere else. So that's, that's one way for um, Sacramento state football to keep active when they're not active, but they are on campus, not for school uh, studies, but they do go to practices and drills and conditioning. And, and I'll go out there in the next couple of weeks and, and kind of get a, a gauge um, and certainly follow up again when the season starts. You know, and I think it's uh, yeah. it's it's been a push all across the the conference. It seems that you know, in the wake of COVID nineteen, the one thing you can do is make sure everybody's registered to vote. We've heard a lot about that at Weber State, and the idea that you know just came to my mind, Joe, when you were talking about that was like, well, we've got the President's Cup on, on you know in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, why don't we have some sort of a cup? among big sky schools to see who can get hundred percent student athletes registered to vote, man. I like, think it's a, awesome. One thing that the NCAA did right is they've canceled all uh, events nationwide uh, for election day. 
So there's I think no it's practices actually- or games. That that's an, a one thing that the NCAA has done to, yes. to make that. And that was student athlete. Uh, 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 I forget the term, but it was, it was a program that was started in a grassroots movement by the student athletes. Oh yeah. And, and we've seen it all over the country. And um, that's what I always say. Hey, you know, go and vote. Um, you know, it could be these, uh, this is supposed to be the time of these guys' lives. You know, these, these, these players throughout the, the big sky, especially these power programs. And I, I say Weber state's a power program, Eastern Washington, Montana, Sac state's flirting with that has had a touch taste of it last year. He's got a lot of kids back. I think Sac state's going to stay good. Yeah, they, um, I think Troy Taylor sure is the factor good. there and you know it's just um I'm personally I'm bummed you know we're all waiting for football it's the you know, big sky football's got all kinds of storylines and we don't have it um it's a tough so what's going on down your way uh just to fill me in real brief of is there was was Weber State people and and you guys media wide were, were you guys stunned by Sac State's news it was it was surprising just in the sense that everything we were hearing from the conference was yeah, it's a go. You know, it's a go. It's a go. It's a go. And 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 having one one school canceled the day before they announced, you know, announced that it was going to happen was it was like okay, that's that's interesting. And and it is fun. So I'll tell you just from our point of view too. You know, with Weber State becoming good at football, <laughs> it used to be still as a basketball school, but it was always well more well known as a basketball school. It's fun, you know. Even even though there's higher levels of football, we're in the shadow of Utah State, Utah, and BYU here, but like winning is fun. Winning in general is just, it's fun. And, and there is a really good football culture in the big sky, you know, when, when things are going well. <laughs> and, and, and big sky football is entertaining. It is not dull. It um, is. It's, it's fun. It's got, I think the big sky conference crosses over eight different Western States. That's an amazing branch of, of, of country out there. And I think there's, uh, you know, remember all those years Montana had a stranglehold on the big sky. And now, you know, UC Davis won a share of it. And Weber State's won shares of championships and Sac State last year and uh, Eastern Washington. Um, and some of those teams have done well in the playoffs. And I think that's good that there's not just one, one heavy. I, I think for me, um, the, the decision of Sacramento to, to drop out of the football um, paired with the, the rumors that Southern Utah is looking to defect from the conference for me as a longtime big sky watcher, I feel like this is the first time in probably a generation, um, probably since I was in undergrad uh, in, in, the, in the late nineties and uh, showing my age here, but, but uh, that the conference hasn't had a unified solid voice. You never hear things about dissatisfaction or, or dissension in the ranks of the conference. And, and now we're seeing that. And I don't think that's a foreboding of things to come, but I, I think that's something that the conference office really needs to to work on a little bit is, hey, we don't have a unified voice right now. What What's going on with that? And and where does that go? So I think I, the, just taken alone, the Sac State announcement is shocking. It, it surprised me when I saw it come across the Twitter feed. But in, in looking at it as a whole with all these other things that are going on, it just makes you wonder what's really going on uh, in Farmington. Yeah, no, it's um... – and Mark Orr, the athletic director at Sac State, said, hey, we owed the Big Sky Conference a courtesy, and, and we got to let them know. And we've just decided as a football program, with Troy Taylor leading that charge, the head coach saying, hey, I don't feel good. I don't feel that we have enough time, and it wouldn't be fair to the student-athletes. And then Troy nailed it, too, where he said, you know, if this is – you know, guys are disappointed because they're competitors, and they're here to, to be students, and also, you know, hey, they, they want to play some football, and this is football season. 
um, that's not current, but that's right around the corner. And so to have a whole year without football is, is a big blow. But he said, he said, if this is the biggest uh, disappointment in your life, then you've, you've led a good life. If this turns out to be the biggest yeah. disappointment. And that's a, that's a good way of, 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 of putting it. Definitely. I think more to come in the coming weeks as like, Joe, you've talked about here with us that there may be others who feel that maybe football is not the safest or they feel that the turnaround is not good enough or it's messing up recruiting or whatever. So plenty to watch in the big sky as we get closer to conference schedule being released and what that looks like. And once the schools have nuts and bolts to decide what they will actually do. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee, thank you for coming on Weber State Weekly to chat with us through all of this stuff. As we said, we'll keep watching, but we appreciate you tonight. Colby, good to talk to you. Thank all got all you guys, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys soon, and uh, and and we'll keep our fingers crossed, and we'll be following each other on social media. To say, hey, uh, what's what's the latest? All right, we want to thank Joe Davidson for being willing to take some time and chat with us here on Weber State Weekly about Sacramento State's decision and uh, all of the things that that could mean for a Big Sky season. But now we want to get uh, the takes of our panel and uh, get the reactions from that interview. And so to the panel, uh, first question on our, our next segment here, overall thoughts on the conversation we just had with Joe Davidson, biggest takeaways. Uh, how about we start out with AC? What were your biggest takeaways or thoughts on that interview? I think the single biggest thing that really sticks out that um, is something that everybody has to consider really is the timeline, right? And so uh, Weber State, there are a few players that are super injury prone, right? And usually, I mean, if a player gets a season-ending injury, it's just, hey, we'll see you next season. But let's say we get all the way into the playoffs. Let's say we make a deep playoff run like I think all of us are expecting to make, and Josh Davis tears his ACL. Instead of doing that in December, he's doing that in May. So he's going to miss the rest of the playoff run and all of next season. Or even if he, let, let's say someone tears their ACL in the first game of the season, you're going to miss this season upcoming in the spring and probably the quick turnaround season in the fall as well. And so the turnaround that Joe was talking about, that really stuck out to me. And that's something that I really didn't give as much consideration to as I probably should have. So to me, that was probably the biggest thing that I think he talked about that really could impact Weber state this upcoming season. Knock on wood here. I don't want any of that to happen, but a consideration for sure. Uh, Sean, what, what about you? What are your biggest takeaways from the conversation we just had with Joe? I'm so grateful for Joe coming on and, and sharing some of his knowledge. Obviously, he's been around the Sacramento State program for a long time. The takeaway that I have from that is I don't buy that this decision. I, I, I just there's so many things that don't make sense to me that, that it just doesn't it, it just doesn't ring true what he said that this was a. Uh, just about the time frame of of the turnaround, and I get what my boy AC just said about injuries. That's that's a fair point. I get it. The health is there, but these guys are going to be playing spring ball during that time anyway. Injuries happen during spring ball. You play spring ball, you still play in the fall. Um, and I get the games are a little bit more intense than practice, but we see injuries in practice all the time. I can't help but wonder if this is a financial decision or just trying to get ahead of something in the state of California. The reasonings just don't make sense to me that the coach just said, I don't want to do this. We can't get around it. I think there's something else there. I, I think there's something else. And and I don't think other schools are going to follow. Chappie, what about you? Your thoughts on the conversation we had with Joe, Sac State opting out, all of it. Big takeaway for me is, is because it relates to Weber State, is 
potentially how much it, it hurts the Wildcats. Um, I mean, Sac State's a playoff team. You know, they were co-conference champions last year, and and they are they are not participating now. Weber State's only you know they're only playing a six-game schedule, but it means less less tough games for Weber State, less less games to help posture for playoff seating uh, if you if you do end up playing Sac State, and it also just hurts the conference as a whole because you're taking away a playoff team. You know, that, that's, I know they're pairing the playoffs down from 24 to 16 this year, but this was a seeded playoff team last year that should have, should be in a good spot this year, despite losing their quarterback for that. So I think overall, it just hurts the profile of the big sky, which ultimately hurts the profile of Weber state, even though the big sky is as, as Sean likes to put it, it's the sec of, of FCS football. It's, it's the gauntlet, but it just makes the gauntlet a little bit weaker in my opinion. So I, I want to follow up on this, Chappie, just a little bit because I think I think the the I get what you're saying, but in a compressed schedule where you're only playing six games in the spring, that's one less team that you have to go through to fight for the top of the conference. Um, you can you can it's one less team to to battle for that conference championship. We don't want to lose a coin flip to, on a tiebreaker, especially where there's fewer teams going to the playoffs. I think this actually makes it easier for Weber State to get into the playoffs in the spring. It's not about just getting into the playoffs, though. It's about getting a high seed, and you got to have more quality wins to get a higher seed. We're we're not just in make it to the playoffs mode at this point. We're in. I, we need to get I, seeded so we can get home field advantage through the playoffs. I agree, but we don't even know the schedule hasn't been released. We don't even know if Sacramento State was going to be on the schedule in the first place. Yeah, that's a question that I wanted to ask the panel here was how does this affect and Chatt- Chappie alluded to this in, in his comments. How does this affect Weber State's chances at of course, like like Sean said, there are fewer playoff positions this year because of the short schedule. Uh, what does that do for us as a conference? Is it, is it good or bad for Weber State? Other, other thoughts? I think there are two trains of thought here, right? I think that with how Weber State is set up in the conference, I think with the entire Big Sky Conference, that we might see the, the conference scheduling try to protect some of the top teams. And that's not going to be unique to the Big Sky either. A lot of the Power Five conferences did that. With their top teams in the conference that are trying to make the playoff, they give them a weaker schedule this year. And they're trying to get that, they're trying to get those teams as many wins as possible and get them into the playoff, right? And so I think that that's that might be something that we end up seeing in the big sky. Now, the flip side of that is a lot of the fans want to see the top-tier competition, right? I, I know Weber State, like we went through the gauntlet last year, and guess what? We did a pretty dang good job with that killer schedule that we had, right? We were co-conference champs. We got a, a seated spot in the playoffs. From a fan perspective, a lot of us want to see the top-tier competition. We don't want to be playing Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona, Idaho State every single week for six weeks this season. We want to see the big games. And so really, I think that there's two two different ways to think about it. One is it could potentially be really good for the playoffs, right? But the other side is, yeah, but how entertaining is this season going to be until the playoffs? For me, I just want to see Weber State get to the playoffs and succeed. And so I'm for whatever gets us there, whatever gives us the better chance. I'm not, honestly, I'm not really sure what it is at this point. Yeah, I I go back and forth on this a lot, even in in my own mind. Um, I personally think with a truncated season that the conference should have, staged a conference championship game, which they're not going to do. I, I think they, they probably should have done everything they could to, to try to posture 
you know, like you see some of the, the, the large FBS conference do and posture for playoffs to try to get a higher seed by having a championship game versus two top teams and, and whatnot. I, I'm torn. Part of me thinks that should have happened. And part of me thinks, you know, reputation would have carried Weber state to, uh, to, to a good seed, no matter what, if they win games. Uh, but I, I will say this about Weber state football. I, I am of the opinion that like, this is the year. And I know that's a very fan thing to say, but if there's, you can just sense it in the coaches. Like they, they believe that this team is a little bit different, like, and they don't, not that they haven't had that in years past, but there's just, there's just something a little extra and, and whatever will get Weber state to that place to, for this to be the year. Um, I really, in my heart of hearts, genuinely think that we're looking at the best team that the school's ever, ever had on campus. So I agree with Chappie that the the they should have a conference championship game. I think the one way that this helps Weber State and it helps the Big Sky as a whole is that with only twelve teams, you now have you easy two divisions where you play your six games and and you have that e- easy split that you could form a championship game from. Um, it just makes scheduling a whole lot easier because you're going to play your six teams. And and my guess is the conference is going to do. Uh, some sort of regional or, or logistical thing where you're playing teams closer to home, if at all possible. Um, and so you're going to see kind of a division split just just like that. They're not going to name divisions, but but the, it's going to come out something like that. Um, but the having the 12 teams um, just going to make it a lot easier for the big sky to do scheduling. Um, and let the chips fall where they may. Um, you've you've got to win the games. It doesn't matter how strong your opponent is. You've got to win the games that are on your schedule. And if you get a, a schedule that's full of weak teams, then a strong team like Weber should be blowing them out. If it's a tough team and it's a close game, you got to win. You want that high seed in the playoffs? Win all your games. It, it doesn't matter. Just, just line them up and see who's there in the spring. I, frankly, I'm more worried that they're going to cancel spring entirely as a whole if we don't get the virus thing figured out, uh, I'm still 50-50 on that, let alone the turnaround of playing spring and fall. Jabby, you had one one last thing to add here as we wrap up. A lot. One thing that Joe did say that I hadn't hadn't occurred to me or hadn't really thought about, I mean, you know, the, the FCS playoffs are going to happen from April 18th through May 15th. So, you know, we're, we're, we're right there almost to Memorial Day, you know. Normally, when does when does summer practice start for or when do they open fall camp August? You know, that's I don't know if they're going to push back the fall season, but Memorial Day to to August, you know, that really isn't a whole lot of recovery time. I mean, I, I hadn't I want to say I hadn't thought about the dates, but putting that into perspective from what Joe said, it it, it did somewhat make sense that, you know, maybe from Sac State's perspective, Troy Taylor's trying to build for not necessarily the, the spring season, but the fall season where he thinks maybe they have a really good chance to, to do some, do some special things if they're more fresh than everybody else. But the timeline is definitely truncated. Well, a uh, good conversation folks. And we will see as the schedules come out, what the big sky says about seeding and about what the chances are that Weber state will make the playoffs this year. As we've said, we've probably the best school, uh, best team in school history. And uh, unfortunately we only get to see them for six regular season games, but hopefully that doesn't matter because it's a deep playoff run. Now we're going to shift to our, 
our game this week. It's we're bringing back Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, such a popular segment that we had done in the past. We thought, why not do it again? So this time, we've decided that we're going to stick with all women's athletics. So we're talking strictly women's athletics on campus, and we're going to ask Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, let our panel ask, rather, what the future might hold for them. So let's start with Chappie. Chappie, go ahead and pose your question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Will spring sports play, spring spring sports um, for the women, will they play a true conference schedule or are we looking at a scenario like what Matt Brown had, uh, had mentioned a couple weeks ago where maybe it becomes a little bit more regional regardless of conference affiliation where they're trying to keep people regional. So I guess my question, Waldo, Waldo's Magic 8-Ball is, are we are we going to play a true conference schedule, or is it going to be more regionalized? When we look in Waldo's Magic Eight Ball, the answer is no. It will not be a true conference schedule, and I think that that makes sense uh, if that holds true. Because uh, with athletics being you know stretched very very thin in the spring season with so much going on, I think it would be very difficult to play the true conference schedule. So, wouldn't be surprised to see some of the you know, the truncation that, that you've talked about, Chappie, trickle down into some of the spring sports as well. All right, next, uh, let's go with Sean Lewis. What's your question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? My question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, does Craig Sanders become successful as a women's soccer coach and get to keep the job full-time as he was only given an interim tag uh, when he was hired last week? So the question is, will Craig Sanders get the full I guess the full throated support of the athletic department and become that full head coach. I'm shaking the magic eight ball. And the answer looks like, yes, looks like you will get the, uh, the nod. So I'm hoping that that means that we're going, we're looking forward to a bounce back season for, uh, women's soccer, uh, because, you know, we've definitely been at the top of the mountain recently and would like to get back there. So good news from Waldo's magic eight ball. AC, what about you? What's your question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? All right. I got a big question. The women's volleyball team. Absolutely love these ladies. I got to know. We got a lot of all-conference talent coming back, but so does Northern Colorado. And they beat us in the conference tournament last year, and it pissed me off. I got to know. Are these ladies coming for the ship this year? I got to know. Would love to see it. Uh, Northern Colorado ended up beating Weber State in the championship game of the Big Sky Tournament uh, in the fifth set. Uh, it was a heartbreaker. It went right down to the wire. So the question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will the ladies and the volleyball team bring back the trophy this year? Waldo's Magic 8-Ball says, oh, very doubtful. Oh, no love from Waldo's Rigged. Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> Rigged. Rigged. <laughs> oh, man. I want you to know that on our other show, uh, we have another podcast. And uh, the entire season, I, I sung the praises of that volleyball team. Man, I was like, these ladies have it, man. And I was so heartbroken to see them lose in that final set. So very doubtful. That's not the answer we were looking for. But Waldo's Magic 8-Ball does not chintz words. So let's go back to Chappie. Chappie, what's another question you have for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Magic 8-Ball, will softball win at least one NCAA tournament game this spring? Ooh, good question, because last year was the first time Weber State had won an NCAA tournament game uh, in program history. It was a big deal. Ended up beating Mizzou, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a it was big Fullerton. Year. Cal it was, Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton. My apologies. So it was Cal State Fullerton, but the first NCAA tournament game ever in uh, program history. So hope to build on that next this season. Shaking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. And the answer is most likely. So 
some good news for women's softball. We've got a lot of experienced seniors uh, hoping to build on and grow from the experience that they got last year. So good to see it. All right, Sean Lewis, how about you? You got another question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Does Weber State women's basketball have a surprise upset of a top-ranked team this year? Hmm. Interesting question. Uh, would love to see that kind of upset happen for the Wildcats. It would be a big confidence booster, I think. Uh, of course, depends upon whether or not, uh, or it kind of depends on how the, the conference shakes out. But uh, let's put the question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Will the women's basketball program have a big upset this year in conference play? My sources say no. That's rough. Magic, Too bad. No, Waldo's Magic Eight Ball is rough tonight. This is the worst Eight Ball I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't trash talk the Eight Ball. It could get worse. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, it looks like uh, according to the Eight Ball, there will not be a signature upset. So who knows? Maybe maybe the ladies will prove Waldo's Magic Eight Ball wrong, which I would love to see. Well, let's turn to AC now. AC, what's your question for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? Brett Hine wrote a very positive article about Craig Sanders, the women's soccer team. So I got to know, is this team going to win more than five games this season? Last year, they went two, 10 and five. I want to know if they're going to win more than five games this season. Hmm. Two, 10 and five was the mark last season. And uh, obviously, like we talked about, uh, not, not, not exactly where we want to be as a, as a wildcat program, and especially considering, the performance from two seasons ago uh, would love to see an improvement on those numbers. So shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. Will this team win more than five matches this year? The answer is cryptic reply. Hazy try again. So I guess Waldo's magic eight ball hasn't quite made its mind up. It's uh, it, it's that I'd say that's a push. And uh, you know how we treat pushes. Don't you Chappie? Pushes pushes do not are not viewed upon favorably on this podcast. They are they are not. <laughs> yeah, I so. want a manufacturer's reset on this thing. <laughs> we it are not going to try again. Are we going to try and shake the eight ball again? Does, does yeah. Do we have put stick a paper clip in? Is that how we reset this thing? Blow on it. Just blow on it. <laughs> the Nintendo cartridge. That's right. Old school. Oh, so we shake it again, and the answer this time is better not tell you now. Uh, I don't like that answer Boo. again. Yeah, I, Magic Eight Ball's on suspension with Chappie. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mute it. <laughs> All right, one show uh, suspension for the eight, eight ball. Yeah, uh, should we go one more round here, fellas? Uh, Let's do it. One one final. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm starting to be skeptical. You know, maybe is this really Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? Did I get the right one here? Because uh, man, this is just not as rosy as it was. What's what's the SU? What's SU's mascot? Is that did he? Did, he, did they steal this? Did the T-Bird Thor? Like, did Thor? Or is guy, he impersonating? Thor is, the, Thor is the worst. Bird face. Yeah, that's that's what that's what it is. Yeah, the little birdie, Thor. Uh, all right, Chappie, how about you? Uh, final question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball this week. In the uh, spirit of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball being a downer, I'm going to ask a downer question and hope we get a good response. Will Weber State cut any women's sports in the wake of coronavirus? Hmm. An interesting question, especially with all of the budget things that we've talked about with Matt Brown and others about how there may be uh, the need to cut some sports because the athletic department simply just doesn't have enough money to fund everything, although everyone would keep their scholarships. So we're going to shake Waldo's Magic 8 ball and find out whether or not we're going to have to cut some sports this season. The answer 
outlook not so good. So it looks like that may be the case. Unfortunate, uh, but understandable, like we've talked about. All this right. is where with the eight is... ball that we're shaking. This seems to be Montana Grizz maroon <laughs> and not Weaver State purple. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm certain we grabbed the wrong eight ball on this. It's, one. it's a lot of shade from one eight ball, you know. And I gotta wonder if one of our rivals hasn't tampered with this particular item. I'm saying we just like you just you pick up the chips and go at this point. Like you just get off. <laughs> Get it, go to a different table. All right, Sean and Chappie, or, uh, Sean and AC. Sorry, man. We're, we're cutting this short. No, just kidding. Sean Lewis, uh, final question for you. What's What do you have for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? This is somewhat meta because it's Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, and I'm going to ask a question about Waldo. Of course, I am, I am all in on Spirit Squad being considered a sport. We've got national champions in our Spirit Squad. Waldo has won the national title three of the last five years in our division. So does Waldo win another national title uh, in the Spirit Squad competitions this year? That's a great question. Uh, like we pointed out, sorry, Cosmo down in Provo. Waldo is, in fact, the national champion. So keep doing your cute videos. We know where the champion lives. So I think we're about to find out if this is really Waldo's eight ball, by the way. Yeah, I think we are, too. So we're going to shake this one extra hard to find out whether or not Waldo will be winning another national championship. Oh, uh, it's a home. It's a homer. It is certain. Waldo will be the national champion again this year. Some you good love. news for the Wildcats and spring sports. You love to hear it. All right. Final question goes to UAC. What do you have for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Women's basketball. So many good young players on this team. I got to know about Jaden Matthews, though. Is Jaden Matthews going to have more than five double-doubles this season? Okay. Jaden Matthews. Bright young talent for the Wildcat women's team. Uh, would love to see her take the next step this year. And, of course, double-doubles. It's all about getting those those numbers, whether that's rebounds or points or assists. So, question to Wallace Magic 8-Ball. Will Jaden Matthews be getting more? Oh, I, I'm going to jump the gun. I, I just I got to answer. As I see it, yes. So, looks like the next step will be taken by Jaden Matthews. Can't wait to see it. So some so it looks like a little bit of trash talk on the eight ball actually made it come around here, you know, questioning its loyalties. Maybe that's a technique to be used in the future. But that's it for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. Thank you all for your questions. I think that we've, even though we started in, out in a little bit of a rough patch, uh, it evened out. I think it really was Sean's question that uh, shook the ball up enough to get it going. The so, eight ball was not going to uh, diss its owner. It can't. It really can't because, like you know. If so, it's it, it's a hard freeze out there, and uh, the eight ball could easily be sleeping outside. <laughs> so upcoming games and events, unfortunately, there still are none this week, uh, but we're getting closer and closer to that the beginning of basketball season, so we'll be looking forward to that. So we'll wrap up the show. If you're interested in contacting us, uh, feel free to email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. We've gotten a couple of emails there from folks, and we appreciate those ideas for future segments that we'll be working on, one in particular about the D Event Center. So uh, thanks, Jeff Millard, for sending that through. We really appreciate you getting in contact with us and uh, sharing your ideas. As we said at the top of the show, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter, of course, is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And finally, we've got a blog. Uh, go to WeberStateWeekly.com. There's been some really great recruiting uh, pieces written by AC. And so you want to get to know who the Wildcats are recruiting in football. He's been on the beat talking with some of those folks and uh, getting their takes on 
whether they are committed or whether they're thinking of committing to Weber State while the Wildcats. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Looking forward to chatting with you all next week. Happy Halloween. And like we say, until next week, Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 <laughs> oh.